In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. And welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Josh Buckley and my podcast partner... Thank you, Josh. Travis Ratz here. Travis Ratz is here with me and we're talking comic books. On the uh, Comic Exposure Podcast, we read graphic novels or trades uh, and we bring people on to talk about them. Sometimes people who read comics normally maybe don't read what we normally read or people who don't read comic books at all. We forced a comic book in their hands and make them read it with us and try to expose them to comics. Hence the name... Comic exposure. You did a beautiful job of explaining that. <laughs> As so. always, buddy. Yeah, you know, that's what I do. Um, this is my new take on this. I'm just going to be overly polite to you this whole time. <laughs> that's like that. I'm, I'm trying a new character out. I like this. I like this. Uh, so today we are talking uh, Daredevil, Volume 1, uh, by Frank Miller and Klaus Janssen. Klaus Janssen. Klaus Janssen. Klaus Janssen. Uh, this is a hefty tome that we read, mm. that we read for, for today's podcast. Uh, and uh, would you like to introduce our Not guests? since the King James Bible has, has there been such a weighty tome. No, man, it's, <laughs> it's long. Uh, this is, uh, our, our guest today is um, uh, Dr. Uh, Dan McCloy. Um, that's sweet. That's nice. <laughs> um, yeah, Dan, um, uh, I used to um, teach with Dan and... Um, uh, now I work with Dan when we do um, video projects together, at which can be found where? GorillaPants.com. Yeah, we are Gorilla Shorts, and we can be found at GorillaPants.com. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. <laughs> we might need to switch that over for ease of use. Well, the idea was when we decided we're going to be Gorilla Shorts, we looked at the website and like, oh, that's taken. Well, like, well, why don't we just make the website Gorilla Pants? Because it's a long-form website. But your shorts. But then, yeah. well, I mean, that you're, you're putting a lot into it. <laughs> it was more like, wouldn't it be funny if it was called pants? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um... There was uh, no saying no to that for a while, too. Like, you were, like, super... <laughs> oh, I was a hilarious <laughs> joke. Super I was like, dude, it's gonna play. Yeah. That joke's gonna get traction. Um, so, um, Dan, one of the first things we do, you've listened to the podcast before, we like to, um... Uh, take the temperature of our guests as far as their comic book history, their comic book uh, reading habits, how much they had been previously exposed to it. Now, you look like you're a little red, so it looks like you have had some comic exposure in the past. I have I have, have some comic exposure. I've been listening to the podcast to get up to speed for today, and uh, I've been reading comics since the late 80s. Primarily DC Comics. I am a DC Comics fan. I am a Batman fan. First and foremost, that's where most of my experience comes from. Marvel Comics was always on the side. Uh, it always always had a more science fiction-y feel to it. Uh, I stopped buying comics in the early 90s, A, because I went to college, just trying to get girls. That's the familiar narrative. It was for me. And then I picked it up somewhere in my early adulthood again. Started collecting Batman again and reading it. Is that what you read as a kid? Is Batman? Batman got me into it. Scooby Doo was my first Batman. Scooby Doo. When Batman was on Scooby Doo. Like, uh-huh. that, oh, that's good. Those are classics. Casey Kasem. Did yeah, Casey did, Kasem did yeah, Batman? Yeah. And then the Adam West show and Super Friends. Super yeah. Friends. Was that Hanna Barbera? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then that my favorite thing that I like to collect to this day is Bronze Age Batman, Brave and Bolds with the covers. Nice. Yeah, like and then 1942, 1940s Batman covers. Well, you uh, first of all. Um, kudos, you're the first guest who has not said 90s X-Men cartoon as their gateway drug in the comics. So, um, that's been a reoccurring theme. Um, so we don't have to sing the theme songs this week. No, that's all right. Like, um, go ahead. But I also, you're talking about these old comics you collect. You have a really cool collection of, um, like 1940s, like war comics. Yeah, that's my favorite is those old propaganda comics from the 40s i find it interesting the 40s they're using comic books as relatively superhero comic books as relatively new medium for the war effort and then 10 years later the government's you know on a witch hunt and he's saying it's ruining the youth so i I find that reversal in that 10-year frame fascinating i I love that what's your favorite um cover that you've the favorite cover is the most famous one it's batman 18 where uh, there's a firecracker in Hirohito, uh, Mussolini, and Adolf Hitler are 
faces are getting like basically punched <laughs> in the face by Batman and Robin. Nice. nice. And that's actually the reason I brought the Batman Frank Miller is this was like the nicest gifts I ever got in my life. Dan and is sitting in front of a leather bound Frank, um, Miller. Frank Miller Batman. It it looks awesome, like it silver does. tip pages. Yeah, and it's got the Dark Knight Returns, the first, the real one, the first one, and then year one. And then it's got this little hidden story called Wanted Santa Claus Dead or Alive. And it was Frank Miller's, one of his first foyers, for, I don't know the word, into. DC and Batman. And really what I thought about today's podcast, getting prepared for it, is it's almost part two of your podcast on Zero Year. Like, Marvel's Batman, to me, is Daredevil. And that's how I approach it, and that's one reason I like it so much. I would totally agree with you. Um, That silhouette, minus the cape, the little horns... Kind of the acrobatic karate style. The Playboy. I yeah. lost count of how many women are in this play. I mean, this comic. Book. He does. He does have quite a few ladies. He <laughs> He's got a harem. Too bad. He, uh, we'll talk about this. His drawing of women. <laughs> like, oh, Lord, I can't get it. I can't get a boner of these girls. Yeah, Come on. One. It's a couple uh, ugly ladies. The, yeah. I mean, <laughs> go ahead. I was gonna say you can. T- this is like. Uh, so what we read is Frank Miller. Uh, his run, essentially, this volume one collects a bunch of Frank Miller stories. Essentially, the first half of this volume, Frank Miller is not writing it. Frank no, right. Yeah, right. Frank Miller's just drawing it. So, this one goes from, uh, there's two Spider-Man stories, Spider-Man 27 and 28, both of those in the late 70s, 79, and then uh, it goes Daredevil 158 to 172. And I think the only ones where Frank Miller is the sole writer, where he doesn't have someone else writing with him, is 168, 69, 70, 71, and 72. Otherwise, yeah. he's got another writer, uh, or he's got um, someone else like is writing it with him. So he's credited as writer from 165 on, but then he shares writing with Roger McKenzie from like 165 and 166. And then 167, he shares a writing credit with David uh, Michelini, I think is the other guy. So this is like, we are seeing the beginning of Frank Miller... His like Marvel kind of career here, right? Right. as we go through this and see this, we notice the same thing. A question: Did you notice who's the editor? No, Jim Shooter. Yeah, uh, at first, wait, look, wait, wait for it. Who's the editor who gives Frank Miller the leeway? Oh, I'm trying to remember. This is uh, oh Denny O'Neill. Denny O'Neill lets yeah. him do what he wants. You know, yeah. like he, I. That's cool to me. Is like halfway through, I was like. When I had a, I skipped yeah. the the Hulk to get some things done today and read. I I read and then today I crushed out a lot. I grew to like it even more today. I took this project on as history of comics. Yeah, I'm gonna say the same thing. And when I was reading this, I was like, this is a history lesson, essentially, uh, especially as like a modern comic reader to see the big difference. There's still pulp in there. Yeah. Like there, there's times, particularly on a smart screen, where it looks like a Roy Lichtenstein. Painting, right? You know, like fifteen years after Royal Those yellows and yeah, reds and the reds popping, and then the four dot coloring, you know, the yeah. shading. That it's throughout. You probably see that, like on the on that screen. Yeah, it pops. Business. There's a few where it just pops. I let me let me just butt in while you guys are thumbing through. I love me some smart screen comics. Like it's one of the things that got me back into comics a lot. Uh, I get mad at the publishers when they just churn out arc after arc by that issue by that issue yeah you know like so on the digital screen sometimes they'll offer 99 cents and look at that that's peter parker it does it looks it, gorgeous the it, red on that looks great you can like look up a comic from the 60s and it looks good i do mi- How, i did the, miss what's the process for that of them getting that on there's that scanning it was com- to my knowledge because i was an early consumer for it comicsology was the first to yeah. panel by panel and they because if you get the Marvel app or the DC app, you'll still notice you have a Comicology account. Yeah, and they you, run theirs through Comicology. Yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah, I am. Um, uh, uh, I so it's tough to get into this book. I think, and uh, with your permission, I think we should skip the two minute summary. Oh, I don't uh, think you can. Yeah. I wanted to hear somebody try to. <laughs> well, I would say the first the first half of the book is really non sequitur. Uh, stories of Daredevil, right? So he's in Spider-Man, and then you see him fight Hulk, and you see him, there's like a story about his dad, and you get some background story. 
But then the last couple comics are essentially him versus Kingpin. Mm. And that that's was the arc that I really liked. That's the one. Out of this one. Where it was the most story compared to everything else before. Yeah. And that's when he's credited as the writer, solely the writer, and the artist. Well, on that cover. Sorry, Travis. No, no, go I've been excited. On that cover, 168 with Electra. Yeah. He, the, he introduces her. I guess he had put her somewhere else before. But then to see her on the cover, right as he's taken over full time, yeah. there was a review on Amazon where I bought it, yeah. and one of the comments said, "See Frank Miller become Frank Miller." So that's like one of the things I took with this book. Reading it is this is where Frank Miller, even some of the art you finally oh, see, yeah. like the heavy black line, you can definitely see like Klaus Jansen really starts to ink some of that stuff. Like he's indicated, I really want this to be really shaded and dark and some of those daredevils in the last couple books there's some serious heavy dark mm -hmm. on it right. that looks really good i really like it so okay so since we're skipping a two-minute summary i think we should maybe go around um and just kind of give us let's talk about the the character first and i don't want to neglect a history lesson and once we get into talking about the story i think we should break it up and talking about the first part of the book yeah. You know, where he's just penciling, then when he's, like, co-writing, and then I think what we're really going to sink our teeth into is that last story arc with uh, Kingpin and Bullseye. Yeah. So, um, Netflix is coming out with Daredevil show probably about two weeks after this this airs, or around there. Yeah, it's, it's April? April, yeah. I think yeah, mid-April, yeah. like 9th or something like that. Yeah, it's April 10th, somewhere there, yeah. Um, and so, coming into this... The only thing that I knew about Daredevil is what I got peripheral-wise by reading other comics in the Marvel Universe. When Daredevil would show up, and of course, if you've been reading comics long enough, it's tough to avoid knowing the origins of characters. Like I knew he had a radio isotope in his eye, and I knew he was blind, and I, I kind of knew about Elektra, but probably more from that Ben Affleck film than anything else. Um... And I knew, like, his name was Matt Murdock, and he was a lawyer, and I knew a little bit, like, he had, like, a guy named Foggy Nelson, but I didn't know anything really about uh, the origin. So I was excited uh, to kind of get in there and, and really sink my teeth into who this daredevil is. You know, yeah. Batman's brooding, you know, uh, Scott Summers is an asshole, um, <laughs> that type of thing. So uh, what was your um, um, first... What was what's your ex previous experience with Daredevil before? Well, before this, I read I've read the Mark Wade run of it, so I read the beginning of the Mark Wade run, and then um, I had some time in between, and now I'm reading. I've read like the Mark Wade Chris Samney part of it. So now that they've moved to San Francisco, I've read and that's that's on my pull list is the Daredevil in San Francisco stuff. So that's where I I'm, I'm all on I'm on that. That's that's what I'm reading currently is, is that current run, and then I also have uh, you want to talk about a big one? I've got the uh, Essential Daredevil, uh, Volume One, oh, which nice. is like it is literally the King James Bible. How big it is! And is that's, it like the first runs? It's the first runs of Daredevil, and so oh, so the ones printed on pulp, black and white. Yeah, it's yeah. straight up black and white paper on pulp paper, and it's um, it's hard to read because there's no color, so you don't get the same sort of feel. But it literally is old costume Daredevil, yeah, and yeah. the first run of it, the first time you read it, it's definitely that uh, you know that. Stan Lee style of writing where there's at the beginning of every single issue is like, and here's everything you need to know about Daredevil. You Don't believe us? Yeah. Um, Excelsior and all that stuff at the beginning of it. But uh, I know that stuff. And so it was kind of nice to go in as someone who hadn't read Frank Miller's stuff on Daredevil before. Uh, and there's always, you always hear like there's great runs you're supposed to read of this stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, I just haven't just because of everything else that I've been reading. And so I was excited to go back and, and read some of this stuff. So I have some Daredevil knowledge anyway, but not the Frank Miller Daredevil stuff. I know it through reputation. That's how I know of it. It's yeah. like his reputation is he rebuilds Daredevil much the same way that he rebuilt Batman. Yeah. You know, like I heard Frank Miller's one of the things he said is he laments the Batman is a, like a godlike figure who makes zero mistakes because that's the Batman who shows up in uh, Dark Knight Returns, like always, oh, like four steps ahead of his opponents, and we never see that young Batman. And in in this 
rendition, I thought it was easy to see, like, oh, I get to have more freedom with Daredevil. Like, this guy gets to, like, make mistakes oh, yeah. and, like, not get everything right. And it was cool to see the tapering off of Marvel's Daredevil into, like, Frank Miller's yeah. Daredevil. The longer the book goes, the more it's his. Yeah. Um, and I was looking up, I was looking, like, best Daredevil runs. When you told me we were going to read this one, I went through and looked. And they, and this is a giant run. He's from, like, 158 to 199. And so that is supposed to be the best Daredevil arc to read or stretch of, of stories to read is his stuff. And we only, like, scratched the surface. Right, because there's two this. other big volumes. Yeah, yeah. So um, right. Now, like, I only got about 80% done. Are you telling me I missed the best 20%? Yeah. Is that the oh, yeah, famous sure. scene? Is, is no, it, no, 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 it's not. No, it's not. It's in volume that's two. volume two, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, but it, it, it does get... It got know, better. I didn't want to stop today. It was half yeah. the reason I was like... At, at the end of it, I was like, oh, why couldn't we just like have... Why can't you just put some part of volume Yeah, two? yeah, right. So let's talk about part one. Yeah. Let's talk about part one. This this um, trade opens up with a Spider-Man comic, not a um, uh, Daredevil comic. And it's a Spider-Man comic from 1979. So when you open this up or when you turn on your iPad... Um, <laughs> Like and you started reading it. Like, what are some of the things that first jumped out to you? Um, the grittiness. I in that book about Marvel Comics, they talk about Marvel Comics. I should mention a name because we're on a podcast, and I'll come up with it as we speak. They talk about a young Frank Miller in New York City. I noticed New York City is like a third character in these opening parts. Like yeah, it's oh, him, absolutely. He, every different parts, him in New York City figuring it out. I looked up in like right in the middle. There's Village Cigars where he goes on a stakeout and gets the guy in the cigars. Yeah. That place is actually a real existent place. It seems like they're using a lot of street names and the guys. Yeah. Well, I, I, think, I think he's with a, like a pad and, and pencil sketching and, and out. And New York City in the late 70s, early 80s was a gritty place. Yeah. You know, like I heard you wouldn't want to go to Times Square without a tank. You were going to get messed with. It was half the reason people hated Giuliani as he cleaned it up. And this is pre-Giuliani's... New York City. This is 1979 New York City. Yeah, yeah, you know. And it's totally... Heroin addicts on the street. And you can tell, um, this is the one thing that I I really appreciate about Daredevil, and that's what they're talking about the show, is it's like street-level... Grit. Yeah, superhero, right? Because he's not off fighting Galactus or right. even Dr. Octopus in these first two, in his first arc with uh, with Spider-Man, or he doesn't fight, uh, Dr. Octopus is later, but uh, these first two ones with Spider-Man... Um, the first part of it, the first little, we're going to do it in thirds. This first third is when he's fighting characters mm-hmm. who aren't street level characters, right? He's fighting like this weird mummy guy in one of them. Right. And he's fighting like uh, the guy in the cemetery in another one. The cemetery guy. Uh, I remember him. And I actually liked that one. I thought that one was a cool little story. Uh, and then we get, a, we get a bullseye one, an early bullseye one. Which sets the stage, you know? Yeah. Like, I I knew Bullseye had it in for him, and I, I only took it from the movie because Daredevil was the guy who missed. But you see in the comic rendition, the real story is he has a mental collapse around Daredevil. Yeah. And that plays a part. And a tumor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but that, that first little sequence, we kind of learn that first third is a real kind of... It's far more, I guess, comic booky is the word I want to use. It's great yeah, because they're in New York, but it's really character of the issue, right? So um, it's like, like Silver Age, classic, yeah. like Silver Age. After stuff, reading right? like old Swamp Thing too, and so I've got I've got a couple um, of those like Marvel Essentials. So I've got like Marvel Essential Defenders. So like Namor, Hulk, and uh, Doctor Strange, right? And those are all like '60s, sure, early '70s yeah, yeah. comics, and. They're super, like, villain-of-the-week issues. And so that's what we get in the first third of this is villain-of-the-month. You know what I mean? We're, we're getting that villain-of-a-month, villain-of-an-issue sort of yeah, which thing it, from it. Yeah, people have used for a long yeah. time. I mean, they're still using it, like, today, like, on The Flash and Arrow. The yeah. first seasons were Buffy the Vampire. The same thing. That's how the shows start is because you have to... Getting the rhythm of them. Almost. You boost sales, sales, sales a little too with the Hulk. You know, like you get some Hulk's market. Yeah. Who's going to buy a car? Oh, in the early episodes, in the the first one third, you know, of the book, there's cameos galore. It's in like everyone two, three is issues or something yeah. like that. Um, I really like that little relationship between Black Widow and him. You know, and then Black Widow's like, oh, he loves someone else. And he's totally like, hitting that take, right because it was, it was like it was totally it was like under the radar, but he's. They're screwing. But, like, she's kind of, like, his, like, 
almost like a rebound girl. Like, he doesn't really yeah. give her much attention. And I'm like, man, Black Widow does not have a lot of self-respect. Like, she's hanging around this guy. Because it seems like he... Because one, there's this one scene in there where he's, like... He sees his, like, girlfriend or something like that. And he's, like, lonely. And then he goes to Black Widow's apartment, at, like, late at night. Yeah. Because he's, cause he's like, oh, I hope she's up because she could talk. But you're like, no, you're yeah. going to Bone Town. Comics yeah. Code, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Comics Code. <laughs> and that's the only reason she, he finds out she's been kidnapped. But I'm like... Dude, I kind of like Matt Murdock's style. I can relate to this. It's like 2 in the morning and he's lonely. I, I like that Like she leaves and then there's like a newspaper clipping. Did you guys see that where she takes off? And there's a newspaper clipping like Black Widow leaves New York. Oh, yes, yes. Says there's nothing here for her. And I'm like, oh, that's some serious stuff. Like, that's... She had a press conference. Yeah. 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 <laughs> On page like 172, Black, Black Widow leaves New York. Nothing to keep me here, says Natasha Romanoff. And I thought that it was kind of like a... Uh, little, a little tiny quip of it because he catches her and uh, his ex-girlfriend like he saves her from Dr. Octopus. It's like Betty or Betsy or something like that. Yeah. Was- I ran, I straight up lost count of how many women like they're just hanging out at his loft. Because well, he looks like um, um, uh, Sundance Kid uh, Robert Redford. Yes, he does. He's yes, like Robert, Robert Redford. Redford. Mop. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kind of I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like look at these New York women just all up on Matt Murdock's junk man. <laughs> And honestly, though, I was a little upset that he let Black Widow go. I'm like, one, she's got to be in way better shape than this troll you got over here. <laughs> Two, she actually has detail in her face in sketching. This other girl is just like eyes and like a ber- beret. And I'm like, come on. It, it was. It was like Roy Lichtenstein's yeah. paintings, you know? Yeah. Um, she was a little whiny, that too. Was, that's what I think you mean with comic books. Yeah. It's super like, I'm glad I got a job, Frank Miller. Let me yeah. keep the style You of- see some of the coloring? And the, I don't know how, what it was on there, but there were some things that just weren't colored in. Like, eyes were... Like, they just, like, took, like, a marker and just colored it all well, in the That's lines. kind of that early color stuff, too. It's really flat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's, there's not a lot... Um, there's a lot of flats to it. And so, um, it gets a little better as the book goes on. You can see that. Uh, what I really enjoy is when you start to get... Um, so, in those first issues with Spider-Man... Um, when Daredevil does his leaps and stuff, all of his, like, little shadows... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're like a really like a purple pink. But later on, they're like straight up like gorgeous pink. Like all those shadows of him jumping around. And I think that's like a super. That's one of my favorite things about Daredevil is they really show out the acrobatics of that character, and they do it through those kind of like shadows or like instead of drawing five panels that show him go through each move, they put the flow of it. All in one, one thing. Did, did they do that with Spider? I was trying to remember. Did they do that with early Spider-Man two, or was Daredevil really the first to to do that? I don't. I don't remember. So, I don't remember seeing it in a lot of other stuff. I knew that they do it a lot in the modern version of of. Uh, oh, they probably steal directly from. Oh, yeah, there's a lot Marsh. of like great, you know, this heartbeat stuff that you see in here when he notices people's heartbeats, and he's like, "Oh man, he's dead," right? So they play with that stuff. But that's a lot. gonna be hard too to draw all those silhouettes in one panel. You know, like that's more. That's that's a lot of yeah. time getting the anatomy right and, and everything in there. So that's when you commit to that panel. He does it quite a bit, especially when Frank Miller's writing it and drawing. Right. It. You know, he's doing the pencils on this and writing it for the last couple issues, and you know, you can really tell that's when it starts to get so much better as that last half. But so the middle part, so we kind of talked about that beginning part, real comic booky, kind of villain of the issue, uh, lots of people cropping up, whether it's, you know, Spider-Man, those first two issues. What's your, what your favorite cameo in, the, in, that, in those first issues? Like, who are you like, oh, like, this is cool, like, that this person's in there to see him interact with Daredevil? Well, it's the one I didn't read, because I, I know I'm going to read it, because I like bubblegum sometimes, reading, and it's the whole... Yeah. I like them. That's an old school Marvel technique. Throw them together, yeah, sell yeah. some books. Uh, I liked. I liked having. Uh, I liked having Black Widow in a couple issues. I think that was kind of a. It, it was a good pairing for him because he's acrobatic and you know she is too, and you kind of get that. It's like an early Electra for him, you know, because Electra has that same sort of like deadly assassin vibe. Right. Right. You know, so to see him with Black Widow kind of mirrors those issues with with Electra later on. I thought really well. Right. I like the um, I like the Hulk one just because the the dynamic like seeing him just like punching on Hulk and yeah. like seeing him not you know, like little man like you, you have all those like like Hulk like how you want Hulk to talk yeah where he can talk not just grumble but like what he says is like ridiculous stuff 
Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was great. The Spider-Man, I, I didn't like the... Um, he was a whiny little bitch. Spider-Man Spider and like, Daredevil was... go back a long way, yeah. so you can't read 13 comics of Daredevil without him popping up. Oh, yeah. Because they're both in New York together. Yeah, and they're yeah. both like acrobatics, Marvel yeah. acrobats and yeah. stuff like that. Well, he's got like his little... Essentially, a lot of those things that Daredevil can do, those acrobatics kind of mirror the acrobatics, you know, the kind of Spider-Man vibe. <laughs> and his little hook, his cane, essentially turns into a grappling hook. Right. So he can swing around New York City... A la Spider-Man. And that was cool. And he's he, he Frank Miller takes some of the villains. Yeah. Uh, Kingpin being the biggest one. Yeah, he was a Spider-Man villain. He was a Spider-Man villain. He was not scary. You know, he was kind of like a doughboy from what I understand. Yeah. And here he became a, a thug. What oh, I was going to say about the art, I was glad to read the early I'm glad to have a job, Frank Miller, because it actually looks like an artist. You know, and versus the artist that Frank Miller would become. Yeah. You know, you read Dark Knight 2, you read parts of 300, it's like a unique yeah. style. Here it's like yeah. him actually has an anatomy yeah. and like superhero torso. Yeah, he's, he's, well, he's, he's aping totally, Kirby. Like yeah, he's bit. totally like aping that Marvel style. All those... Uh, all those books. Oh, what's his? Uh, the guy who did Conan. And I don't think he's time. aping. I think they were told. Yeah, yeah you will yeah, yeah, write it this way. Notice halfway through on one of the covers, it says now monthly. And I did some oh. research. He started selling books. They made it monthly instead of bi monthly. Oh, it was, okay, okay. Yeah, so he sells more books. They give him more freedom, and now it goes monthly instead of bi monthly. You mentioned well, you mentioned that cane. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> You don't it's, like the cane. Oh, man. Dude, it's the flicking of, like, <laughs> the, the curve <laughs> out. It's, it's just, like, that's cane. not how material steel, steel and wood work. It doesn't work like that. It's not like a, it's not a rubber billy club. Did you, so, did you notice? Okay, so one of the things I marked, and this is a good place to talk about it, was there's a mini issue in here. Where they talk about all his... Where they like, ran out... They, they must have, like, run out of room at the end of a story. Or they had, they had extra space. Like, they finished the story in... Like uh, eighteen pages. And oh so yeah, yeah. It's they like had a, like one page left, and it's a dedicated page to yes. his, his Billy Club. And so it's like page seventy-eight in this, and it's the end of issue one fifty-nine. And it's like presenting a Mighty Marvel bonus page, the secret of Daredevil's Billy Club. And that little thing you talk about, the little flick, is in there where he turns yeah. it into. Oh god! And they're trying to explain. Like your explanation does not satisfy. <laughs> um, uh, let me in the more in the more modern ones when they show it, it's more of a hook, right? As opposed yeah, to yeah. A, like like a Miller was trying to hide that it was a hook when he was writing it. He's like, "This is bullshit." Like it's gonna, <laughs> it, it just, you're just gonna see it clasp on the stuff. You know, you don't need to know how. It's just going to. It's going to. One of the things, too, on the art, once they start giving him more control at the end, notice these pages. There's like 16 panels on that, that yeah. cinemagraphic thing. And th that is... You Dark turn, Knight. Dark Knight. Yeah. That's Dark Knight oh. all the way. It takes well, me so long to get through Dark Knight, like the four issues of it, because uh -huh. it's just so uh, much text. This one right here, where's the page at? Uh, it's the beginning of an app uh, issue where he's on the news, and it is so, it's so Dark Knight. Because uh, he's on TV. Right, and they're talking to him about the lawyer. Like, here, yeah. blind. Oh, yeah, 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 I saw that. Yeah, so it's the beginning of issue 169, and it's essentially Matt Murdock being interviewed. Um, and it's reminded me so much of, like, what I've seen in Dark Knight. Those kind of, like... Well, he even uses the same ploy. The yeah. cut to story, there's a problem, Batman, oh, Daredevil's gone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, those, those are the kind of things that you kind of see him start to do his thing. As you go through it, um, I, I gotta say though, it'd be the storytelling definitely becomes better at the end. Oh yeah, like even like there was one that made me think of Empire Strikes Back. It ends a monthly serial with prologue. Yeah, you know, it's like it, like we just listen to a whole story and that's just a prologue. Yeah, and that was cool writing. Um, that middle section, that good middle chunk where he's kind of writing it and not writing it all by himself yet. Um, kind of this middle series. I think that's when uh, that's when Doctor Octopus shows up. Um, you get another another Spider-Man villain in there. Spider-Man shows up in that that issue. You get your first like you kind of see. Um, I thought it was really good after the Hulk beats the ever living crap out of out of Matt Murdock. The next issue is him in the hospital. 
Right. So I really, I really okay. think of that, that is the third kind of, like, the second act in, in this volume. He's in the hospital well. a lot. He is. Like, so he's always got his head bandaged. Um, but the funny thing is he's in the, he's in the doctors, and so the first page is, like, Vision and Scarlet Witch yeah, and, Captain, yeah, yeah. and Captain America and Thor. They're all like, oh, man, is he, the Beast is there. Check to see if he's okay. Is cool? And he still has his mask on. Yeah, like, the yeah, doctors yeah. are the like, doctors you can't. You're not gonna... <laughs> and the wrapping is around the mask. Yeah, they think that he's so, like, that kind of lets you know. I thought that was kind of cool. Like, everybody on the street level knows who Daredevil is, right? So he goes into these bars to talk to... Right, yeah, and he's at the, he's just, the snitches made me laugh. There's yeah. one, oh, the one, one with um, the lift. Yeah, it's the thought of Daredevil. Turk is Turk is and at, towards the last of it too. He become it becomes a running gag that he's always getting uh, thrown through that window. That and I, I guess in the uh, Daredevil movie, um, Coolio played Turk, but it was cut. So you, if you watch the director's cl- uh, cut, you can see Coolio has a plot line throughout the movie where sense. I think he plays yes. uh, Turk, or at least one of those thugs okay. where you're just getting beat I, up all the time. I thought it was kind of like a cool little thing, because you see that Daredevil has to do things differently than a Batman does, right? Batman can go to his Batcave and turn on his radar right. and find out where people are, but like um, Matt Murdock's a lawyer, and he has to like beat feet and go find people, right? And there's a couple silly plot things like there where the cigar shop, like I know that it's his yeah, 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 yeah. cough drops. The cough drop one. I thought it was really silly, but that's the way that they're showing you that how he uses his set of skills. It is a different person. It's a different special set of skills. Smelling cough <laughs> drops from miles away. And hearing the cough. And hearing the cough. I thought that was really I thought that was cool, cool though. Yeah, that was really like on top of the building and he's like and it shows like the panels are him like going from I hear all this chatter and then I block all that out and then I, I this that was level, one of the part go block that out and then I can hear the cough and he's like yep that's it and I'm gonna go get him you know that kind of stuff I thought was kind of cool. I love the movie for that I'm the one guy in America who doesn't hate the daredevil I don't hate it I don't hate I kind of like part of when it when he's and, in the um, in the, the, the tank, water yeah, yeah and he's having tank. to like zone out all the pain and suffering. I thought that was a cool take on what a hero would have to oh, do. Oh, I'm totally going to rewatch that director's cut. I heard the director's cut is even better. I haven't seen the movie. I've never seen the movie. Oh. So There's a scene cut. that people hate, and because they hate that scene, they hate the whole movie. Playground it's scene. It, like getting the phone number from Electra where they fight on the playground. playground. And that is For a cheesy... Minutes. That is a weird homage to here, I think, now that I read it. Because there's a fight scene when he gives her the rose. Right. And um, I hate it less now. That was I did not like that scene, too. but I thought the rest of the movie was good because it's it's Daredevil and it was a cool the radar is cool I yeah. do like that I I think that one of the things that I liked about how you, a little bit different from Batman and some of the other superheroes is that even on the street level the thugs just aren't as afraid of Daredevil no, oh yeah that's like great that. I really yeah. like that and that doesn't change when Miller takes over it's like he. He has to, like, gain their respect. They're like, oh, it's Daredevil. And last week we read She-Hulk, and there was that joke about, yeah, like... you don't fight a She-Hulk. Yeah, right? like a Daredevil or, like, a something. Like, you can take him on, but you never you never fight a Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> and so that, that was kind of a cool thing. Um, so the last half is really when we get that introduction of Elektra. I would say that that's kind of the start of the last half, of the, the last third of the book. Uh, what do you guys think about the little story? Uh, Elektra's introduced, and then... He goes, that's essentially where we see Frank Miller's Daredevil, how Daredevil begins. Yes. So it's like number 168. Uh, He has taken the reins. It is Frank Miller's book. We meet Elektra, and then we get essentially his year one of Daredevil. How far into that did you get, Dad? Actually, I got further than I thought listening to you guys talk. Uh, Look, at last monthly, I was all the way up to 171. Okay, yeah, so like two issues left, I think is what you had. Two oh, issues okay, yeah, the so you saw the, the Electra stuff. Yeah, yeah, Electra. I was worried in that last little bit, that's where the phallic death scene <laughs> of Electra happened. No, no, yeah, 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 yeah no. Okay. You can tell that it's still not ready it's for pretty, that kind yeah, of... It's yeah, not yeah. ready for that kind of... Bendis says that changed his life as a comic reader. Like that, you turn the page and he felt like a guttural reaction to you've heard, that. You've heard people talk about, uh, like... The death of Gwen Stacy the same way. Yes. Right? Like, that, the snap. Yeah. yeah. Like that was like, I can't, you can, you really kill, kill somebody? That's right. Like, that that's happens, allowed. You know? um, but I thought it was kind of a, that kind of a cool take where he puts on, so you kind of, he, when he recognizes it's Electra, because uh, Electra, yeah. they're after the same guy, and he's, he like notices Electra's voice, and then it's a flashback to him in college, 
and he meets her, and uh, it kind of goes into him saving her and how he's responsible for her her dad's death. Right. Right. So they get this sort of connection together. Um, but I thought it was kind of cool. Like you look, that just to, that's the image they're using on the Netflix yeah, show, like with his mask on, right? So this is that kind of pirate pirate Legend. mask up. And I guess Frank Miller later on does the same thing again. So there's some story arcs later where he that ninja costume that they're using. In the morning, I will probably kill you. The pirate <laughs> dread pirate Roberts costume he's got going on. It's very dread, dread, dread pirate. Um, but I thought it was kind of a cool way to go. Uh, this is the first time that he has to go save somebody. And so it's his connection to this character, this love interest, Electra, is kind of like a really deep thing. And you get right off the bat right there. This now. issue, the one we're looking at right now, the, yeah. the first episode of Electra, it's a, it, that's where I'm like, oh my god, like, I want to read this. Because yeah. the rest of it, the early stuff felt like yeah. homework. But this, I'm like, oh, it's so good. Even the art is better. Look at that. That's now that yeah, now that he's writing it, it's almost like he's saying it's mine now. So yeah. I'm even going to try even harder on the art. And he's just, or maybe it's because since he's writing it, it's not, it's not the Marvel way where he's just drawing it and then someone else is putting the dialogue in. It's like he gets to craft the image to emote the dialogue, and it is just oh, it's Here, great. I, I love page, the flashback. On 228, that panel is so... Those set of panels on 228, uh, after... No, that's the one. That's yep. my favorite panel. <laughs> and only because it reads like a Roy Lichtenstein painting. Look at it. Every yeah. one is... And it's sequential. It's cinematic. It's up close. It's far away. It's up close. It's far away. Yeah, they do that really good, like... The, they zoom out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they zoom out and zoom back in. You know, that, that kind of, like... Because there's a lot of great panels in there, and that was one. And on my research last night, research Wikipedia, uh, mind you, but here's a photo of Frank Miller from the 1982 San Diego Comic Con. Oh, my God. And there's a sign saying, please don't ask me to draw X-Men. <laughs> so, like, it's right That's around hilarious. the same time. And Wikipedia has... So he's always been an asshole, is what you're kinda, saying. <laughs> they're saying that he did not like the writing, and he lobbied Denny O'Neill and got permission to have the book his, his own. Wow, because he's, he's what was selling the book with the art. Then, yeah, I guess. and he he you know when he takes over those last couple issues are so good. Those Kingpin. Okay, issues are so great. what do you think makes it good? I have a theory. I think what make, what makes it good. There's less, and literally, there is less yellow boxes telling me what's going on. For sure, and oh, there's Marvel story less narrating, and there's less there's less narration, and there's less. Uh, I'm blind, and this is how I do things. That was the Marvel method early on. You saw a lot too. The introduction every time, you know, yeah. on a trade that gets boring. It's like I know I read that earlier, then, but in 1960, 1979, every book you got to reintroduce. And sometimes it's like they'll you can see the writers trying to have it done through the characters' dialogue, but it seems right, so it's still so like, Good thing I have this hook that can be flicked into a uh, yeah, uh, Billy right. Club at the moment's notice, or else I would have been in real trouble there. And and that stops. And I'm blind. And that stops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it's in there yeah. a little bit. He um, does it a little bit. But I, it's, think it's, I think that's his editor telling him to do that, or else he wouldn't have done it at all. But it, it's not as heavy-handed, um, and I think that makes it better. And I think because it's a long-form story, I'm getting an arc, which I didn't, which you don't get aside from the the two bullseye stories, which I wish. Um, there to bend something in between those because I thought those were two were really that first bullseye story and then the next one where he uh, has the nervous breakdown and he sees all of the yeah that's great oh that's the good cover stuff. the cover to that issue is that I love that cover uh, where it's bullseye surrounded by all the dead daredevils. Um, like he's beating up all the daredevils around him it's a really kind of it's a really cool cover I like that one a lot number no, I like because I love covers I'll look and at I, that I think that for me is what made is what makes those last issues so special where Frank Miller's doing I think he really focused on making these villains not just villain of the week but really complex yeah, characters yeah like long term 169 and it, is and it makes a big difference a Bullseye is right now is probably one of my favorite villains in comics just because of reading this he, he I think he's so interesting I, I love the fact that like this his his competition with Daredevil um and but what really surprised oh, yeah, me yeah. is how much I loved Kingpin, man. man Kingpin, Kingpin was great. Kingpin was so good. He was so and he's a different man for his know? wife. He's a different man for his wife. He's trying to go good. And, and I love how they brought really. that. I like how he's first seen in Japan. Like he's even gone and tried to like like center himself like spiritually. And then even after his wife dies, he lives 
with the guy. Oh, you didn't see this part. No, yet. no, no, no. That's what. He something that you could tell. Yeah, he's he's with the one of his own henchmen kills his wife to get the kingpin back. Yeah, because he wants. The oh, kingpin. yeah, okay, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. He yeah, yeah. Plugged, the he, one who already he plugged that in early, and he's he he lives with him for a couple of days until everything's wrapped up, and then he's like, because he needed him to do his, help him do the business. And then he's like, you kill my wife, and he just like, kills him. Yeah. And also this cold blood, there's my favorite scene, um, not my favorite panel, but my favorite scene is when Bullseye is working for the other mafia oh, person right. besides and those Kingpin. panels, and he starts to go, wait a minute, why would I work with these guys? They're yep. dumb. And so, yeah, kids. Bullseye has the bullet back at Kingpin's head, and then Kingpin's like, he goes, why, well, you know, I could come here, and, um, you know, I, Bullseye can kill me, but he's smarter than he is deadly, and he knows that you guys are fools, and that... No amount of money is going to give him the security and lucrative finance that I could. And then they're like, kill him, Bullseye! And, it, and he goes, and came and goes, my cigarette, Bullseye. And you see cigarette, you see him light a cigarette. It goes from the oh. gun to lighting his insert. Oh, I love it, dude. That's it's cool. so Frank Miller. Um, there's this, so on page 283 is where you see Kingpin change, right? So he's been the guy who doesn't want to fight. He's just going to save his wife. But then you see him, he goes and uh, he tricks the people to think that it's him, right? And so there's he lands a plane mm. and all the mob bosses think that it's him. Yeah, yeah, that's okay, that's that was where I left yeah. off today. And so they, they think that it's him, and then the plane blows up and kills all these guys, and Kingpin on these three panels said, I had forsworn all this, uh, or he goes, uh, all this, I had reformed out of my love for Vanessa, but now, though it sickens me, I must use the old skills again, I must kill again out of that same love. They have the men, uh, they, the gun, and the money, but I am the kingpin. I created criminal empire that they presume to rule. I can bring it down piece by piece. And if Vanessa is harmed, I, uh, and if Vanessa is harmed, I will. The city will suffer a gang war bloodier than anything it's ever seen, and my enemies will die, each and every one. And that's where you're like, kingpin is a bad. But he does it so coldly. Yes. It's not like he's, he's not raising his fist in the air and being like, "I'll get you, Spider-Man." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, you know? he's, while he's lighting a cigarette, yeah. while this farm burns behind him, you know, he lands like so the first plane lands and blows up and then him and his like henchmen land next to the burning barn like why do they land? Yeah, they don't need to. Yeah. Did you have that slow walk? In, you have that slow walk away from the explosion. <laughs> well, it's already like already blew up, and then they land, and he just gets to like watch. And then there's a him going like, "I'm gonna kill anybody who gets in my way. It's gonna happen." Uh, <laughs> well, and you really understand Frank Miller's love of movies because everything is no, so cinematic in, in it. In the 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 commentary in the theater, mm-hmm. you know the Bogart and Walton yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. That that's great, and you get to see like, oh, this. This guy studies film. He understands how to create dramatic, a sense of dramatic heightening, and also just style. Like his characters have style. We're talking about like that that lighting the cigarette scene, or they're walking away from the explosion, or Daredevil when he's like your favorite set of panels when he's on the ground and he's just like he's got a shoulder bandage and he's holding on to it. But that that pain isn't as nearly as half as bad as the the mental anguish he's had to live through this and uh, the, lo- the love loss of the love of his life yeah and it's it's all there visually like you don't need any words to that even though there's thousands and thousands oh, of words on these so, pages oh man um but that really starts you can see that really fade away the last there's some parts in here where um frank miller dialogue steps back in the last couple issues and you have pages where there is like nothing, right? Where there's just he's just letting the action do it, uh, and that's what we see in modern comics that we don't see in the beginning. of You can book. read a modern comic, comic in like the course of the shit, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, but you, I couldn't. No, I, no, that's this we, was really tough, guys. This is really it, tough. To get I would say though, at first I was like, this is an expensive book. It is one of those things you get what you pay for, though. Like, oh, yeah. it, it, like I, ha- I hate to use the word because I think it's overused, but this is where a master became a master writer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you see him growing into finding his voice, having confidence in his style. Uh, it, that was the cool part to me. Yeah. Um, I thought like one of the... Um, uh, and it's a thick book. Oh, like, yeah, that's it's a book. Super, yeah, it's over 300. It's like 325 pages or something like that. It's a huge 329. Right. 
Because I get mad at a modern comic. You want to drop it on the table? Yeah. Well, I was one of the things I, I wanted to ask Josh about is after the She-Hulk one, like you had just started reading it, and I was like, "Someone we try to get through this." And you pointed this book and gave me a look like this is going to be tough. Yeah. And I would, and I when I started reading it too, I'm like, "Oh my god, this is going to be tough to get through." And it was, but I had this tremendous sense of a tremendous sense of accomplishment and I'm glad I did I yeah. feel like I got just, to read comic history in this oh, just yeah. like Dark Knight Return when you finish Dark Knight Return the first time you read it you're like that's how it's done yeah. that's how it's but done but during the middle of it there you're are like, parts oh, in Dark Knight where you're like, like trudging you made me read this yeah. <laughs> uh-huh, you're trudging um, I would say I enjoyed the the second half of this book it's either you oh. split it into thirds you split it into halves the second half of the book is way, much better. way better. When Frank Miller takes over, it really shines. It, He's doing everything. Um, you want to do? Uh, we got your favorite panel, Travis. Do you want to do your favorite panel or? Yeah, I had. Um, uh, I'll, so I, I picked a couple because I thought. Yeah, you guys I'd would like pick to the same one. Yeah, so you guys have, yeah. So, um, but I will say that. Let's do. Okay, I mean, this one is, since we picked an Electra panel, one of mine was an Electra panel where she's walking away on the thing, but this is the one that I, I love the, um... Oh, no. Uh, the, um, 270 page, 279, uh, this is the uh, panel where Bullseye has kicked, uh, Daredevil out of this, um, I don't know, 30 Empire State-like building. Yeah, it's super high. And they're flying, but the perspective is they're shooting down the street. And here's why I like it. Old Bullseye was corny as hell. He'd always be like, and anything in my hands is a deadly weapon. Yeah. Every two seconds. Uh-huh. Like, we get it, dude. I know you don't have, like, bolts coming yeah. out of here. But the new Frank Miller writing it, he's a little bit more strategically. So the panel, he goes, he says, um, and when, uh, this is what uh, Bullseye says, um, but I never run out of weapons, devil. I'll use the walls, the floor, and if they don't do the job... I'll use the whole city to kill you. And that, I'll use the whole city to kill you, kill you is when he's kicking him out into the streets of New York. Yeah. And I, I think this, this book for me is so much, one of the things I love about it is it's that 1970s, early 1980s New York where this city will kill you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And here's Bullseye saying, like, this is my most deadly weapon as he kicks him out into the streets of New York City. And I'm like, that is dope. Like, the like, Kennedy was like, I went, like, totally like, oh, shit. Um, the next, set of stuff so I marked that same thing page 280 and 281 is one of my favorite sequences in the book oh I love the cut yeah oh yeah yeah he's falling and he goes to save himself right he uses his grappling hook and then bullseye shoots it and he's like I won't let you off that easy and so you're like oh man and so then he falls and then he's like wait a minute I hear the flapping of a flag because he's Daredevil and he grabs the flag and you're like, he saved himself. And then the flag rips and he's like, oh crap. And then he catches a gargoyle with it and you're like, oh man, good, he's alive. And then the gargoyle breaks. I love this because the, just the symbolism alone. Because you know Frank Miller was like, let's get some symbolism here. The flapping of the flag and the American flag rips and it's saved on this old world relic. Yeah. You know? And then the um, trash. Yep. And then the trash. I thought that, that whole sequence after that was really cool. I like that. I almost picked that panel. Uh, I'm going to tell you, because Frank Miller is a master of using a million panels, it was really hard for me to pin one down. It was really hard for me to pin a single panel down. So I'm going to be a jerk, and I didn't pin a single panel down, because that's the way I roll. Um, um. I'm going to go page 303. There are four panels, um, but they're long-form, tall panels on 303. Uh, that's when Kingpin is going after Vanessa, and Vanessa, the mortar's been shot, right? So the guy shoots the mortar shell, it blows up oh, yeah, the, build, the, yeah. the building, and I just thought there was something so fantastically cinematic and so different from the first half of the book. You know who, I, now it could be coincidence, but now I'm thinking of listening to the past podcast you guys had. Capullo, mm-hmm. he's the master of those long scenes too with the yeah. black oh, yeah, pen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and like it's his is pencil thin. They're but they have ahead. they have the the cross the lit up right there. Yeah. That's the cross the lighting. But I thought I thought that, that those were that little four were kind of like my if I were to pick I, because two reasons like I said I think that that's the it's so much different than the first half of the book because literally there's no words on that. There's no like telling you. 
and the mortar shattered the steel, mm. and the steel broke away. Or even like a sound effect, like crunch. That would have been in this early set when you would have seen that stuff. There would have been so much exposition tell, telling you what that sounds like, as opposed to you just knowing what those things would sound like. And so I thought that was kind. Of, I thought that was like a nice departure, and really, that's kind of like that's the moment when uh, Kingpin. Has to like, all right. I'm not a good guy anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'm a bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> but like it, again, just so coldly, it's not like curse you. Like I'm a bad guy again. It's just like, all right, yeah. this is how it's gonna be. Now I'm gonna have to kill some people. Well, like, he takes over for this bad guy that I want. Is on page sixty three. The, the, your panel. Your yeah. Room? Well, the second oh, one I was. That's my second one. Only because that long one that goes across page sixty two and sixty three. It's you great. see. Frank Miller gets a job drawing Marvel Comics looking like Marvel Comics. And then look at the boss man's lip. Yeah. That could that is Dark Knight Returns. That's that's three hundred. Right. You know, the yeah. lines on his lips. It's A, it's a bad drawing. You know, but somehow he gets away with it in some respects. Cause Dark Knight Return Two has got terrible artwork. This is Sin City. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. City Frank Miller, right there. It's yeah. super. But it's that super pulpy, stylized kind of thing he's doing there. Um, even the hands, even that guy's hands. Oh, are, right. Like, folded and like the veins and the kind of the, the hair on his knuckles and it. Oh that, yeah, I didn't see that. It's great. That's yeah, great that kind of style is, is very you know this kind of cool that he doesn't get to do because there are oh, hardly yeah, any splash pages in this thing. Oh, I know. <laughs> I was like, well, Josh's out of luck for a splash page on this one. Yeah, I know. Because there are there aren't he just doesn't do that. That is my problem with modern yeah. comics, and why I like envy you guys for trying the independence more is DC is basically splash page after splash page anymore. You know, well, a so, lot of comics are. Yeah, you know. and that was from leftover from the '90s where art was everything. Yeah. But now it that, that just means less story and bigger price tag on right. comics, man. Well, and you spend like, four dollars for something that takes you four minutes to read. Yeah, a good example. Good example. Uh, and what I thought was kind of we were talking about how there's so much like dialogue in here. Uh, when I so they just um, it would be a week ago um, that uh, Batgirl um, Endgame. So her little one shot in Endgame right. came out. There are no words. It is a silent book. So the entire thing there is no dialogue. There is no captions. But it was. Great. Is that right? It was super I've been great. reading in-game. I was almost going to buy that. So you get to kind of go through. There's no dialogue in it. Um, and so I don't think it, you don't need it for the Endgame story because I'm not reading Endgame. So all I know is that, you know, she's battling. Everybody's turning into Joker, right? And so, um, but it's her saving this little girl. And so you get all of these, this silent scene because she can't make any noise because she doesn't want to alert all the Jokers to where she's at. So there's like That's a couple cool. cute little, like, she's texting the girl, right? So there's this little That's girl cute. in the middle, and so there's like a text message. I do her. like what they do with that character. Sometimes they redesign her all the time. It's good, you know. Like get the, get the girls involved in like, the new the new Batgirl is really good. I really like it. It's got this real like 2000. Josh is a thing for uh, female protagonist comics. I do. I have I a thing for Batgirl. So I you're all right. Um, you're right. But Batgirl. it's a totally silent issue, and it is definitely not what we read in here. Because I read that, uh, and I was like, wow, this is. Completely different than cool. the Daredevil. Okay, so as we're, we're drawing to a close here, here's the question I want to ask you. And this is what I was thinking about as we're going through this. As I went from, like, this is homework to, like, oh, my God. Like, I feel like I, I know so much more about Marvel and comics and, and things like that. It definitely picks up. At the, go ahead. With the show coming out, and when it comes out, everyone's going to go to the people so at this excited. table because they're going to be like if it's good they're going to be like oh is this what daredevil's like and blah 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 and what do you recommend can i go read daredevil places do you feel okay giving this to someone this trade to someone who hasn't read comics before i would say take it and read from 160 whatever that kingpin arc is i would leave out that first whole half mm -hmm. because it's it's way more 70s you know, there's way more 70s Marvel than this nice, gritty 80s thing that he's got going on at the end of it. I would say, here, you want to read something? Read issues 160, uh, 165 on. 
maybe uh, actually I'd probably just go the Electra one 168 yep. on yep. is where I tell him to read because that Electra one gives you early Daredevil and then you get to see that whole Kingpin art and I th- arc and I thought that was really good if I may I don't know if I would give this one to him because this seems almost to be for a connoisseur and a modern audience might not be able to get through some of that I, I want to get on the record for you talking about Wade I've read the Mark Wade Bendis got me into uh Daredevil with the film. The Mark Wade 1 through 6 is where I got, and then he moved to San Francisco. I can't figure out why they keep starting the book again. Particularly well, since Mark Wade's writing it the same way he did on the last volumes. Of. Well, I think what happened is they... Um, I, I don't know if that's a good one. Bendis is a good place to start with Daredevil. He's approachable right when about, he was out. Smith, Kevin Smith's run. Kevin Smith's with run. With that whole um, it, Knights, Marvel Knights launch. Oh, that was, a, that was pretty awesome stuff. This one... I would, if you wanted to read Frank Miller Daredevil and you can stomach it, give him what he said, like 165 yeah. on. I think the Mark Wade run, um, I really like. So they started number one. They only renumbered it once. So, I mean, they started with Mark Wade at number one. Mark Wade took over. They did number one again. Um, and so I think it's volume four of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like volume four of Daredevil because this goes up to 300 and something. Uh-huh. And so I think they finally, when Marvel was doing this, they said, okay, we're going to. Um, this is a different Relaunch. take. This is a different take on. Ever since Frank Miller takes over, Daredevil just gets darker and, and more grimier, and they try to make that more camp. So depressive, and so I think when Daredevil, this Daredevil is not the dark, grimy Daredevil that Frank Miller's turns into. Well, on one of the ones in like the past two years, he's like fighting monsters in like a cemetery. Yeah, a real colorful cover. Yeah, and like you can see, they've tried to lighten it yeah. up because they have. Bendis and Yurik. And one of the things we should mention in this volume is Yurik figures out who Matt Murdock is. He figures out Yurik is one of my favorite characters in this he, whole he book. He figures out that Daredevil is yeah. Matt Murdock, and then in the nineties and early two thousands, he just gets outed to the public. And Wade, from what I gather, let's take a step back from the Brubaker yeah. and Bendis, make it a little bit more light. Right. So that might be. It'll be interesting to see with the series where they. I think they're going. I think they're going Miller all the way. I think so. I, I think, think because they're going grittier. Now the newest one where they're in San Francisco. The reason he moves to San Francisco is because everybody finds out that he's Daredevil. And so he, he can't lo- practice law. He loses his law practice in New York. But luckily, he still had his bar in California. California. So he goes to California and practices law there. I want to read that new series. Now. It's pretty great. The one in California where he was in San Francisco, it's kind of a, it's a, you know, it's, it's a lot more lighter than this one, but it's, it's, it's like a fun run. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's a, cause I find it in like, it, it's like, trying to get to know Bob Dylan. Where do you jump in? He's got so much. Like when you see all those different volumes, you're like, I don't know where to jump in Mm -hmm. with Marvel anymore. Like I've been dying to get back into X-Men and I don't know where to get into X-Men. That's what you were talking about. It was hard for you to figure out where to pick up X-Men. I will say this. I think I'm going to accept this Netflix show because after reading this and some other daredevils like here and there, I will say this and that maybe I'm speaking out of turn. I don't think there's a definitive daredevil or Matt Murdock. He doesn't. He's a very vanilla character in himself. Yeah. There's no one like, for example, um, uh, Robert Downey put his mark on Iron Man. Yeah. And now all Iron Man in the new Marvel universe is written with that. That's just that snarky tone. Exactly. Quibs. Yeah. I don't know who this guy is acting as Daredevil, but he has a he has a real opportunity to come in here and put his mark on have a you, character. Did you watch Boardwalk Empire? Empire? Yeah, he was a badass. Oh, he was so good at Boardwalk Empire. He was a badass. Oh, oh man, I'm so excited for him to be he, the Irish gangster. Yeah. Uh, so you got you, it's, yeah. you're excited about yeah, him? Yeah, when I found out choice. who they picked for yeah, him, I'm like, too. oh, that's great. I was great. like, where do I know that guy and why do I like him? Yeah. And then oh, I remembered cool. Boardwalk Empire. Do I need to watch Boardwalk Empire? It's good. I only watched the first episode that Scorsese Oh, that one's like one of the better episodes. We, we didn't watch the very last. We watched everything up to the very last season of it because it just ended. It gets the um, last season stretches, but certainly early on when Owen, that's his yeah. name, is introduced. He's a great Irish thug. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm looking forward to so watching. I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm super excited about watch it. Super excited about the show uh, because I, I think you're right. I think that there isn't a definitive like. There's a lot of like this is Matt Murdock, and he has that backstory, right? Um, but it's. Personality, it's, yeah. yeah. There's, there's not that that big, at least in what we've what we read here. His personality doesn't come out in this. 
Um, except at the end where he has to struggle with a couple things, you know, yeah. where he still saves Bullseye even though he doesn't. But I don't know to. what his pensions are for. Like, what, yeah. what's his natural state that he goes to, or you know, you know Bruce Wayne is broody and well, all these things we're talking I think about. Him but being a lawyer, you don't see a lot of it in this one, but you see it a lot in struggling with justice. Yes, that struggle with and what justice. Cases he takes, yeah, and what cases he takes on, and how does that play into like? How does how does a lawyer fight crime? Because he is going beyond the law to do this stuff. So how does he balance that? And I'll be interested to see how they do that in the, in the show. I'll be interested right. to see how they play that in the show. Maybe we'll have to get together and do a special variant where we bring us back to the table here and talk about the Netflix series after we've all binge watched oh, it. I'm, I'm sure, sure within the first sure. week of it. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll put that on the books for in the future here. Um, okay, um, go ahead. You're, 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 you're the best at this, buddy. <laughs> I'm the best at bringing us in and wrapping uh, it up. Well, thank you for uh, tuning into the podcast. Our next episode, uh, we're going to talk about a book called Copperhead uh, by uh, Jay, uh, Jay Farber. I think it's Faber. Faber? Farber? I don't want to say his last name. Everybody in, in comics has weird last names. Uh, he's the writer of it. Scott Godlewski is, is the artist. Uh, and we're reading Copperhead Volume 1. Uh, so we're actually going to have Scott on the show. So Scott's going to come on the show and talk to us about it. It's going to kind of be a very special episode of uh, Comic Exposure. Next week on a very special episode of Comic <laughs> Exposure. Josh is period. We're going to have the artist. We're going to have the artist on, and we're going to really. It won't be so much of a, a review and discussion book club of it. Is it's going to be like you and me geeking out? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. And when you like to live out my dream, but, you know that, that kind of stuff is, as we have. I, do you have like Porsches? He's like, no, man. I'm like, I'm in debt. I'm a comic book artist. He actually he actually lives in my neighborhood. Uh, so he lives a couple houses. So he makes as the teacher yeah, so, uh, he lives in my neighborhood so we're, uh, we're going to have him on to talk about it uh, but thank you for tuning in uh, you can find us on all the excellent places Like, and before uh, you get into that when you go to our um, uh, comicexposure.com we've added a new section there called Josh Likes to Draw where you can see our very own uh, Josh Buckley um, some of the art that he's done um, I, that's probably spanning what over I, it's a lot of junk from the last uh, yeah. four years or so one man's junk is another man's treasure. I know. There's a lot of stuff where uh, I've been in my master's classes where I don't doodle as much as I want to, but that's almost done, dude. Five weeks away. And then there'll be so much crap art out there for me. Uh, but, so, um, thank you for tuning in. If you want to uh, review the show on iTunes, give us a nice rating on there. We'll be your best friend. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at Comic Exposure. Uh, we'd love to have you follow us on there uh, and be off-brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you like can find that. us on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash Comic Exposure, and on the website that you already went to, ComicExposure.com, the central hub of Maybe Comic they got through iTunes. Maybe they got through iTunes. Maybe they did. If you had, but go to the website. You can talk to us on there. There's like a comment section. You can tell us we suck or whatever it is. We prefer you tell us we don't suck, but either way. Uh, and that's it, and we'll see you next trade. <laughs>